Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody, far and wide across this planet of ours, whoever you are, wherever you may be, you are very, very welcome to Cop On Podcast as ever. You can follow us on Twitter at Cop On Podcast. You can send in your hate mail to coponpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I was just Googling uh, the furthest known distance in um, a binary star formation. And, the, you know, the f- it's difficult, that, you know, th- to find the exact answer of the uh, farthest known distance between two stars in one system. But I did find um, a Reddit user called Sleekery, and if you can trust anybody, it's a Reddit user called Sleekery, who says he's an exoplanet PhD student, and he says... Basically, that you know, the current distance between Alpha Centauri A and B and Proxima or Proxima Centauri is 15,000 AU or about 0.24 light years. But he managed to find a source that says that the, the greatest, um, the longest distance between two stars in the binary star system is actually more or less exactly one light year. And I'm delighted to be joined by Brian. And Brian, my first question is, um, do you think that Southampton, with their tactics, were trying to break that record in terms of the space that they offered us in the centre of the pitch to just to do whatever the heck we want? <laughs> um, maybe, yeah. Uh, as the game kicked off, it became immediately apparent that they had not received the memo about uh playing liverpool at anfield or just playing liverpool full stop uh because the amount of uh, space that they gave us it was like back in the glory days when teams used to try and play football against us you know and we could see our uh our, our, our strikers bombing like uh fighter pilots in in formation <laughs> on the counter after they've you know been pressed and lost possession and we just turned the ball over so yeah I, I i have no clue what they were thinking um you know they they tried it it didn't work they were they lost they basically lost the game in the first half playing those tactics and uh i think he kind of changed he changed tack and and when it's not even the normal tactics they don't even normally play that so uh yeah that was sh- absolutely shocking shocking decision i i mean i thought that if it could have been a lot worse he could have lost his job uh that day playing those tactics it could have ended up being eight nil but uh luckily for him uh because i like i like the manager of southampton uh it was um it wasn't a cricket score it was just the four well he was certainly very obliging um, and that's great. Thanks, Ralph. Um, they ended up with seven shots in total, three of them on target. We had 20 shots and only six on target. We, we, you know, ran away 4-0 winners. Um, we were 3-0 up in the 37th minute with uh, Thiago's deflected goal. Um, before the match, Southampton um, had only scored 11 goals in 12 games, as you would know. If you'd watched or listened to the PL preview show on Cop On, this new thing we're doing, um, but now it's—I don't know—I was—I was never more relaxed. Once the second goal went in, Diogo Jota, I thought there's no way Southampton would uh, come back from that. Um, and we've got loads and loads to talk about. Well, I want to talk about Jota. I want to talk about Henderson, Thiago, Big Verge. There are so many things. Um, but let's start with the positives. 
for you um you know big positive for me the first thing that comes to my mind was just how relaxed I was even when the team sheet came out so we had Allison we had Alexander Arnold Konate Van Dyke Robertson at the back Fabinho Henderson and Thiago well, and I'll talk about the midfield three in a bit and Mane Salah and Jota and I freaking love those guys. I love them all. Um, what was the positive for you? What do you, what do you want to say? Something, say something nice, Brian. Okay. Well, I thought the, I thought the little triangles, the the play that, that as the game went on, it became very, very apparent that we were winning this game, and there was no chance that Southampton were going to offer up anything in form of resistance or comeback. Um, the team just started to play samba football. It was beautiful. The little one-twos, first touch, playing balls through the eye of the needle. Thiago, uh, you know, I just keep pinching myself every time I see him playing for Liverpool. I can, I still can't get my head around that, and I, it's just a joy. It's almost like waking up and finding another Christmas present every single day. <laughs> that never, ever, ever gets old. Um, knowing that he played for us. But I, if I had to say that the positive, the the, the uh, yeah, I think our play was even more inventive and flowing and adventurous than, than I've seen it for quite a long time. I love it. I love the answer. Um, so we've now played four of the last five games at home, um, including Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, Arsenal, Porto, and now Southampton. We've scored, sorry, 12 goals and we haven't conceded any um, part of that is due to Alison Becker, who I thought quietly had an absolutely terrific game. And I'm, I'm going to start there, uh, which might be a little bit, um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, you know, perhaps, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not instinctive, not an instinctive choice anyway. Um, Alison Becker made three fantastic saves in the first half, three of them. Um, one from Tiago's mistake where he played a blind back pass straight to their attacker and Alisson was out like lightning and dived and slapped the ball as, uh, away as has become a sort of trademark. And I think his continued fitness, as much as I absolutely love Kelleher as a number two, I think he's the best number two in the league. I think Alison Becker staying fit and keeping up this level of consistency because he was he's been brilliant. Uh, this season, and if he can consistently keep this up for the rest of the season, he's he's up there with the most important cogs in this machine. Would you agree with that, Brian? Or you know, uh, uh, you know, we can we afford to lose him because Keller is so good anyway? Um, no, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think he's 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 he saves as many games. He it, there's so many goal um, saves that he's made even just this season alone. Where that's and most of the keepers don't get to those uh, shots, and that's a goal, and that goal changes the whole complexion of that game, and so he keeps us in. And what what I really like about him is he may not have anything to do for sixty minutes, and then he's like all the top goalkeepers at the top clubs. He then he's called upon to 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 really pull something out, and he he's always there, and his footwork, his positioning is so good. He, he he puts he sees the ball he sees where the play is developing where it's going and before it even gets there he's already readjusted his position so I think the the shot that he saved I can't remember exactly when it was um, what stage it was at but 
if you if I remember following that um, the replay and the play is coming down the right channel if I remember and he's uh, you know he's facing up to the oncoming attack and then the the Southampton player knocks it over into the middle of the pitch and and even before he did that you could almost see uh, Ali's changing shifting his stance knowing that the ball's coming from a different angle and when the ball came um, Adam he was he was ready and got down very fast um we, i did uh i was talking to somebody about this i think there was one area of his game that perhaps he could possibly improve on that would make him absolutely invincible and that's uh being a bit more gnarly um in set play in set pieces um because i think um the 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 you know that dreaded game that we won't mention uh, a couple of you know two or three games back um I think after the first instance, if 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 um, if other teams know that he can be targeted at a set piece on a corner, then they're all going to do it. And and the best way to to counter that is to you know just to clean clean a player out, <laughs> yeah, go for the ball, but you know perhaps uh, take a take a man with him. I don't know. It's just that if 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 someone's going to rough up your keeper, then the keeper has. Um, carte blanche to, to to return the favor and and i think that's that's the only area of the game i thought he could bring other than that he's just magnificent and i think the reason he is uh returning to form is is because it's obvious it's hair his hair is 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 returning to form if you, <laughs> if you look at his hair he's he's in peak hair he's peak allison you know he, he's got that centurion look again <laughs> <laughs> and uh and that's the look that we all look he's he's turning up to training on his horse again you know he 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 had that uh, he had that <laughs> strange 70s handlebar mustache for a bit there we don't know what was going on but uh yeah no he's he was brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah he was lost and now he's been found i mean yeah. you know excellent stuff i mean as much as i love that mustache uh but no totally brilliant um Going forward, um, you know, jumping around because, uh, you know, why not? Uh, our, our front three, um, Diogo Jota, uh, just to give you a couple of statistics about from, from the match for Dia Diogo. I mean, I thought it, it was absolutely terrific. His 80 minutes on the pitch, he had seven shots, only two on target, but two goals. Um, and his passing completion was up because I was uh, critical of him in, in a recent match because he, his passing was was frankly awful. Um, I was going to swear there, but I, I'd rather not, because um, it wasn't that bad. It was worth a swear word. Um, he registered a couple of weeks back in that awful game, about 53 54% passing success. Yesterday, it was 69.7%. It's a big improvement. I still think his hold-up play could be a lot better. I think there were a couple of times where he tried. I remember once he tried a back, a back heel in our own half, which didn't work. And then Trent had a go at him because he just lost the ball. And there's, you know, moments like that where we're trying to play out from the back. The ball gets goes to Jota's feet, arrives at his feet, and somehow he manages to lose possession. But going forward, Brian, Diogo Jota, Jota the slaughter, seven shots in 80 minutes is good in anyone's book. It could be because there were, you know, probably 1.3 light years between uh, Southampton's centre-backs and their midfield. Um, but, uh, you know, he was just, you know, he had three dribbles, for example. He was fouled three times because they found him hard to deal with, excuse me. <coughs> uh, who scored gave him the man of the match? 8.87 for, because of his two goals. But there's just something lovely about having this um, this finisher, this predator, this 
you know, Arsene Wenger thought Franny Jeffers was the fox in the box back in the 90s. And if you're too young to remember Franny Jeffers, don't bother looking him up. He played for Everton and Arsenal and he was a bit rubbish. But Diogo Jota is the real deal. He's the he's the uh, the actual genuine article. And I was just thinking, because um, another thing I Googled was the world's most expensive vase. And there was a vase from China, of course, where the best vases come from. And it sold uh, recently for something like four, uh, it could be as much as 400 million. That doesn't sound right. 40 million, I think, around about the 40 million mark for a vase with a phoenix on it. And I was just trying to imagine if you're the owner of that vase and one of the kids knocks into the pedestal on which it stands and it just sort of, it's teetering and you don't know if it's going to fall or not. And suddenly the world stops and you feel all of the peril of the world is here and it's present in this room and this panic, this pure, unadulterated dread must be the same as what Southampton's defence felt at times because you can try and stop Diogo, but you still get seven shots. You can try and stop Mohamed Salah, but then you leave all the space in the middle. Perhaps that was their problem. And you could also try and stop Sadio Mane, but you know, even when you commit red card challenges against Sadio, which again was only a yellow, these stupid refs, they never give Sadio a break. Um, but there you go. Uh, you know, Sadio can then stick the ball in the net, marginally offside. Uh, but he was just he was causing causing havoc, especially in that first half. Um, and basically, the front three, no one's going to stop us. Um, we've we've now I think it's now seventeen games. I said twenty five before seventeen games in a row um, that we've scored at least two goals in. And honestly, if we keep it solid at the back, then we're always going to score, Brian. Always. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would say if you could afford to spend 40 million on a vase, then chances are you're going to have a Jeeves standing by who will just grab the vase as it flies over. Yes, true, the most expensive Jeeves in the world. Yes, (laughs) Yes. good point. But, um, yeah, look, he's he's great. They're all great. I mean, what I like about him particularly, and, yeah, he has got some sloppiness in his play because, I mean – I think we're always comparing Bobby, Sadio, uh, Jota, Jota. I, I was. I, I must, Jota, I must, Jota. The Portuguese Jota. Would, would be a J, like in Jota, Jota. Okay, Jota, uh, Jota. Um, we always compare him, all three of them, to uh, Mo, um, and Mo's perfect, and they can't compare it to him at the moment. Mo is just playing perfect football, and he's playing the perfect Liverpool football. He turns up every week, and it's the same. Um, so I think with uh, Jota, um, he has not had the same game time in this system as the other guys have. Um, but one thing that he has got, which is the most important thing if you're a striker anyway, he's hungry for goals. And you always fancy him to score goals. Um, I mean, you're talking about old strikers. It's a bit like, uh, you know, Alan Shearer back in the day, even though he played for a crap football team. <laughs> well, they were they were too crap back those days. There were some decent Newcastle teams at times. But there's these kind of strikers that you just fancy them to score a goal every time they're on the park uh, because they have to. Um, and he's one of those. And and I think he's found a team and a club that will allow him to score every single time he plays. And it's just perfect situation because we need somebody of his 
skill and his uh, ability to to be in the running in our in our in our front tree to to make them all better, you know. And if he takes someone's place, so be it. But uh, as you know, Klopp likes to say, you know, rather than play fifty games, as he said in his, in his, his post match uh, interview, rather than play fifty games a season, he wants players to play thirty of their best games. And there'll be chances for everybody to get those games. So uh, long may it continue. And uh, he's just been great. And and he's really seemed to have recovered from his injury as well, which is great. So um, I'm a big fan. Yeah, superb stuff. Diogo Jota um, has played a year and a half. Well, two, it's two seasons for Liverpool, uh, according to fbref.com. Uh, this is his second season. Of course it is. Um but according to fbref.com, his goal average is 0.74 a game. So it's like it's it's two goals in three matches, which is stupid. It's it's stupidly good. Um, before that, with Wolves, he was on 0.36 per game in four seasons with Wolves. And with Liverpool playing with these brilliant players that we have, 0.74 goals per game. It's so unbelievably crazy. Crazy talk. Kooky town. Um, let's talk about the goals. Um, I'm going to share my screen just for Brian so that we can remind ourselves exactly about the goals. Um, and uh, when I share the screen, you'll be able to see the first goal was in two minutes. Uh, when two minutes on the clock, uh, Sadio Mane had the ball out on the left um, after some beautiful work. It was beautifully found by Robertson, who then runs off the back of two Southampton players unannounced. Sadio slips the ball through the defender's legs in one of the passes of the match. Robbo uh, then pulls it, fires it back. There are two Liverpool players who have run in front of the Southampton defenders. Jota's the first to get there. He smacks it in. It's Liverpool 1, Southampton nil. a dream start. Uh, what can you say about that first goal, Brian? Oh, man. What a great goal. And uh, Andy Robinson putting people on notice. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's heard, he's heard the chatter and he's just reminding people, no, no, I'm the guy. Uh, the way he, uh, when he, that, that ball, that inside ball, which we, which I seen a few times, we all seen a few times, more times than um, in previous games, that lovely little feathered pass. That went through and the way he celebrated his uh, assists when he just slammed his hand down into the ground it was absolutely beautiful really really amazing goal not Excellent. a tap in it was it was a team goal goal which is the, always the best ones it was glorious but but the, um something that occurred to me with Jota the fact that twice he got in front of Mo uh, the first for the first goal he scored and then in the second half he uh, of course he missed that big sitter after another brilliant ball from Robertson but the way that he makes the same runs as Mo Salah in a way to be able to get in front of Mo and uh, you know get to those chances first just makes me think you know that he's really got unbelievable proper elite game intelligence in terms of running the runs he makes off the ball um he the fact that he finds space so consistently so consistently is just you know testament to his intelligence um it's it's supreme stuff um before going on with the goals we may as well look at do this in 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 order of of, of major event um uh, very quickly the the off, the Mane offside goal from the free kick um, for me, it was a red card challenge. Uh, what did you think, Brian? Do you remember the challenge? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I do. I do remember that challenge. Um, 
uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, it was dangerous play. It, it could have really injured him quite badly. I mean, he raked down the, 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 the back of his calf, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, did he get a, what was it? Was it a yellow card in the end? Was that what was given for it? He got a yellow, yes, but it was a studs up challenge. It was dangerous and reckless. And both of those you know, it was violent as well. And, and all, yeah. all of those means it should have been a red. I've seen them given. I've seen them not given, you know. Um, I, I, I was just happy that he was okay. Uh, and he got up and continued to play. But then again, it's Sadio Mane, right? So unless he comes up with a pitch axe and literally hits him over the head with a bottle or something, he's not going to get anything. <laughs> he, never, <laughs> he never gets anything. I know, but it's reason. awful. It's it awful. is awful. It's weird. It's very weird. Very mm. weird. Um, uh, the next incident was when Tiago played uh, that, you know, blind pass backwards. And we've already spoken about Alisson, but the way that he reacted so quickly and stopped that chance, that was a huge chance. That was brilliant. And the next major thing, when we, we were still 1-0 up at this point, was when Trent decided to play, you know, the best uh, attacking throw-in he's ever done. But unfortunately, <laughs> it was straight to a Southampton player. And Ibu yes. showed his pace. I mean, he started off being two yards behind the guy, but then uh -huh. he caught him up and just, you know, put him off. And Allison was able to, to to dive across and put the ball out for a corner. It was excellent defending from Ibu. Excellent recovery it, it was. defending. It really That's was. That's what Matt doesn't have, isn't it? But uh, mm -hmm. what did you think of Ibu, uh, his performance yesterday? I thought he was really good. I mean, I particularly liked the moment when he used his um, his nutsack to to stop a <laughs> to stop a second goal. Oh, I missed that. Okay, no, okay. <laughs> it's a little bit later on in the game when uh, again he's like he's running back to kind of uh, there's a, a Southampton player closing in on goal and he he goes to the floor um and uh he takes a ball to the uh, to the mid drift i think um but wow. he's yeah he's coming on i mean i think that's like i i think that eventually this will be our strongest team eventually um but he looks like a player who's got a lot of potential he looks like a you know obviously he's a unit of a of a guy um i'm still he still makes me um a little bit uneasy in his positioning. I sometimes he think he can get dragged out of play, a little drag out of position, or when he does get dragged out of position, he doesn't return to his position sometimes quick enough. But hey, it's another it's another clean sheet. So you know, good for him. He was he, I think he was he was great. He was great, um, and he gets better and better. Yeah, I agree. His, his positioning is is the thing is that worries me. Is like uh, he's he's very raw, very very raw in terms of his position. But that will come. I mean, it's the thing when you've got good coaches, it won't, won't wouldn't happen under you know someone like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, but it does happen under the great coaches where they just know how to teach these people how to how to organize a defense. But uh, there you go. The second goal then was when it started. When well, started further back but Mo Salah ended up with the ball wide on the touchline he cut inside against um, uh, the Southampton defender I can't remember his name Silisu Silisa I can't remember but he had quite a good game I thought against Mo but anyway you can't stop Mo you can't keep him down forever so Mo cuts inside he gets to the edge of the box he's still being hassled and jockeyed so he decides to take the cut the ball back another Southampton player tries to win it off Mo the fool uh, Mo is able to lay it off to Jordan Henry because this second Southampton player went, went over to Mo Salah. 
Henderson was now in a little bit of space. And so Mo, being the consummate professional, while there are one, two, three, four Southampton players looking at Henderson and uh, watching what he will do, Mo Salah's made this lovely little run. Uh, Jordan Henderson plays the ball to him uh, and Mo Salah on his right boot whacks it across the goal and Diogo Jota is there. Again, all of the space in the universe to just tap in uh, while Mo Salah gets absolutely flattened by the Southampton defender. So, um, yes, this goal, the second goal, that was the moment when I was like, okay, I can relax. Southampton don't score two in any match and they're not going to score two at Anfield. And it was just pure enjoyment from then on. Uh, but what did you make of that goal? Yeah, uh, the, the the feeling was the same. Uh, actually, it was a bit sooner. The first goal when I went in, just just by recognising even my limited football brain, what Southampton was doing, uh, you know, I just like whatever happens, this is going to be a fun day. You know, this is going to be a fun day of football because uh, they're giving us a ridiculous amount of space. And I just knew that fireworks were going to come. Um, and that goal, oh my God, uh, Jordan Henderson is a Rolls Royce of a player. My God, that little feathered touch. I mean, that's the, those little those little weighted passes are the most, some of the most difficult things to do in the in the midst of a game when it's happening a full pelt. And he is just like he, again, he's come on another level each time. He, I mean, he's in the same zip code as Mohamed Salah for me in terms of performance. He. You know what you're going to get with him. It like as long as he's not injured or carrying an injury or carrying a knock. If he's fit, wow, what a, what what a difference he makes out there on the pitch. He's got so much presence, and every time he has the ball, he does something with it. No wasted passes. Uh, he makes things happen. He always he's always got his head up. He knows what's happening around him, and uh, uh he's just he's just a joy to watch. And and again, that's another great team goal. This like if you look at the first goal, there was three people involved in that goal. This goal, three people involved in this goal. It was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, um, it's curious I find when when the difference between Jordan playing the six and playing the eight, when he plays the eight, as you say, he's always trying to make things happen a lot more. He's a lot more adventurous. He ended up with three key passes, which is the second best in the team after Andy Robertson, who had four. Um, but he was his passing accuracy was down at 73.3%. But um, this is the kind of figures that Kevin De Bruyne posts playing in a similar role, although I, Kevin De Bruyne is, of course, probably a better player. But Hendo does make things happen. You know, three key passes, two crosses, and both of those were accurate. I guess whoscored.com is not counting that one that he completely shanked because he did shank one cross. Maybe they counted that as a shot. I don't know. But five uh, long balls attempted. Two of those were accurate. Um, and they gave him a 7.25 rating in, in total from who scored. But I thought, yeah, Jordan, alongside Thiago and Fabinho, I do want to expand upon that in a bit. Uh, because I think it's 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 dreamy, all of their attributes together. Because uh, if you compare Henderson's performance yesterday to um, when he plays in the six, he averages around about 100 passes. And I think he only had about 50 passes in the whole match yesterday. So he plays the roles very, very differently. Um, the third goal is when, you know, there was a, there was a ball that was, you know, was plucked out of a sky. It was like a spinning ball that was going nowhere. And with one touch with his control, Thiago managed to race past two 
Southampton players. And then he did this lovely little role because he only had one Southampton defender between him and taking a shot, between him getting into the box. And he was already running at full speed. And you try running at full speed, anybody listening to this, and try rolling the ball with the bottom of your right foot onto your left foot, as Tiago did. Try it and send in uh, to coponpodcast at gmail.com your videos of you trying to do that. And just make sure that there's a... There's a, you know, St. John's ambulance nearby or something to help you out when you completely mess it up. But I'd quite like to see those in the Schadenfreude type way. Um, Anyway, uh, the goal, yes, it was deflected. Yes, the finish was lucky. But I think he deserved it for the the brilliance of those two touches. And Thiago, two, two, um, in different ways, extraordinary goals. Uh, in two matches, um, you said we spoke before a little bit about, you know, what a dream it is having having someone like that play for for Liverpool. For me, he's he's you know definitely the best technician I've ever seen. He's he's a he's a proper artist, and it's it's freaking glorious. It's freaking glorious. Uh, what did you think of that goal, particularly, Brian? Oh. Loved it, absolutely loved it, and uh, I, you know, I must have mentioned to you when we talked earlier. I, I, I have to pinch myself every time I see him, his name on the team sheet, and I see him playing for Liverpool. I'm like, oh, just can't believe he plays for us. I mean, I play, uh, I play Liverpool on, on Pro Evo, um, and I think a couple of seasons ago, I scouted all of Europe, like to see was there any player that I could make our middle of our pitch better. And he was the only player that came up um, in the game. And now he's playing for us. And, you know, that goal was like, I mean, when's the last, can you remember seeing a player do that? I mean, I can't remember the last time a player, I seen a player do that on, in, as you say, full pelt, running at the goal, has the, has the whereabouts to just drag the ball over and then just belts it in. And I don't care it got deflected, it doesn't matter. It's the, it's the drag back or the whatever, the, whatever you want to call that, that he does. And he's such a lovely guy as well. I didn't realize that he's such a humble, good, good, good-natured dude as well. We just—he's um, just great. He's all that and a packet of crisps. I mean, I'm looking at him. He just reminds me of Coutinho plus again, and like he's got you know, if Coutinho was absolutely mint <laughs> in every way, then he'd be Thiago. Um, you know, he's just great. And uh, I think you know, yesterday was the, I think only the fourth time that Thiago. Henderson and Fabinho had played together and since since they've all been at, since he's been at the the club and he's been here I don't know nearly two years now is it I, I'm not sure so that was the first time we got to see all three of them have uh, you know a, a pro a protracted run out um but you know he's great he's absolutely great wrap him up in cotton wool Let, let's enjoy him all season long yeah, um, well, I was going to get onto it later, but let's let's get onto it now before we talk about the the fourth goal. But yeah, um, if we ever get back to that, because that's how things work on Cop On, we start things, we never finish them, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the yeah, the the article I found a lovely article about it um, on um, what's it called L- LiverpoolFC.com. Um, and it was it was all about uh, you know Tiago Henderson and Fabinho um, by Sam Maguire. Uh, yesterday he posted this uh, 3.48 a.m. So there you go. He's a late worker, Sam Maguire, the journalist. Uh, but uh, no, it's it, it's about um, the uh, midfield. Oh, excuse me. No, no, no. 
I'm looking at the wrong article. Forget all of that. LiverpoolFC.com, I've got an article that I must have closed the tab. But basically, they're saying that, uh, I remember it anyway, that uh, Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson, that was their third start, okay? So the first one was the 2-2 absolute travesty of the game where they, you know, rugby kicked us and, you know, like, I don't know if that's even a thing, rugby kick, but uh, you know what I mean, roundhouse kick, sweep, uh, the, uh, you know, whatever it was, the sort of, the crane, the karate kid crane to our players and wanting to injure us, kick the bejesus out of us. And, um, you know, we we somehow were denied by VAR at the end. Jordan Henderson's goal, of course, when Manny was absolutely not offside. But, you know, if the, if you, if the referees and VAR can find a way to persecute Sadio Manny, then they will. Oh, yes, they will. Um, so that, that game somehow finished 2-2. Um, but, yeah, this was actually the third game. The, the other game, apart from yesterday, was when we had a lovely 3-0 win over Crystal Palace, um, which was a brilliant performance uh, as well. And so this game, 4-0. But if you just look at Thiago and Fabinho starting together, it's really interesting because they've actually started 12 games together, including yesterday, and we've won 11 of them, Brian. Um, We've drawn one, which is that one against um, Everton, where we should have won. Like on any other day, we would have won because we were by far the better team. Um, so I'm just really excited about it. From those 12 games, we had 31 goals and we we conceded an average of like 0.4 games, four goals per game. So just Fabinho and Thiago starting together is a great, great partnership. But the way Henderson compliments them in terms of he does all the legwork he does all the hard stuff that Tiago can't do because no one's perfect are they and the only thing that Tiago can't do is run backwards um but is that the ideal midfield three for you Brian or would you prefer instead of Henderson maybe because you know Fabinho and Tiago obviously should start together would you prefer someone like Oxlade Chamberlain because he's been looking good recently or or Cater if he's fit because he looked absolutely superb before his injury I don't know what's your ideal Liverpool three that's my ideal Liverpool three and I would argue that they're the strongest uh strongest uh midfield in your in world football I mean I can't think of a stronger three than those those three um I think people sleep on Jordan Henderson because he's English, but uh, and you know he's from Sunderland and and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think you know he's, isn't he the most successful Liverpool captain in, for for a very long time? He's 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 picked up everything. Guy's amazing, absolutely amazing. And you know, uh, Fabinho has got back to where you know back to his commanding best. He just owns the pitch. It's his game. Um, and all the other players are just, uh, he, he allows everybody to play, um, and, uh, he's so commanding. Um, so yeah, no, I think they, they, they complement each other perfectly. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, it'd be amazing if we could get to see them week in, week out, but you know, you have a feeling that there's always going to be one of them missing, um, and somebody else will be, will be, um, deputizing, but, uh, no, they, that's definitely the strongest, uh, midfield that we've got, but, you know, you mentioned Ox and, uh, I, I'm so happy for him. You know, he's, he's got a, a bit of a run in the team and, uh, whilst he still has a mistake or two in him, he, he's definitely getting better and better and better, um, with, uh, with each game and, and 
funnily enough, you know, when I seen the team sheet, the first thing I said uh, to my friend was, I, I really hope Ox gets to come on in the second half um, and, and get 20 minutes because the last thing I want for him now is to just spend another protracted period of time on the bench. Um, I suppose games dictate and necessity dictates what, what happens, but I think he could be a very, very important player for us this season. Um, but we just need to manage him and manage his game time and make sure he gets enough of it so he can so he can continue to find his touch again and, and become a relevant member of the squad again. Yeah, lovely answer. Absolutely lovely answer. He had an 86.7% passing accuracy, which is exactly what you want from a sub coming on for Thiago in the 58th minute. Um, you know, he he's he's got a bit of everything, doesn't he? I mean, he had three crosses, Oxlade Chamberlain. None of them were accurate this time, but he did manage one key pass as well. Um, um so yeah, I mean He's just a really, really good option. Um, you don't think about Jordan Henderson, something we've been discussing recently, something that Alan brought up a few weeks ago, that he's he's lost his legs. I mean, Alan was saying that his legs have gone. Alice, Alan's given up on Hendo's legs in terms of being <laughs> able to cover the ground. Um, uh, are you slightly concerned that oh. Henderson's uh, you know, going a little bit downhill in terms of the amount of ground that he can cover no no i mean i uh i love the guys on cop uh cop on i i uh, i particularly enjoy listening to alan and his dulcet tones um uh I, I, but i no i don't see that and uh you know we have to remember that uh that we're talking about you know this is 2021 now these players have uh, chefs there you know every meal that they take uh is is uh, portioned every um every fitness session that uh, that they do is monitored their training is tailored specifically for them uh he he's i mean i mean he's what is he now is he 30 or thereabouts he might be a bit more than that i'll check is but he? i think he's at least 31 but i will check okay yeah. 31 is the new 21 anyway. <laughs> but yeah, okay, born the 17th of June 1990. So there you go. He's 31 years old. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think we have another 2 or 3 years of Pete Henderson out of him. He's like he I've never I've never seen him play and thought, "Oh, he's losing some of he's losing a bit of pace." I've never seen one single game where I thought that. And so I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, I think a lot sometimes with with players um you know, when they go, when they push on in age, the, the natural uh, the proclivity for people is to kind of think, oh, you know, they're losing, they're, they lose a bit of pace. That's, I think that's football in the 90s. You know, we, we'd, you'd, you'd have these players and then they would have to change the way they played. And, you know, they weren't managed, the players in the 90s, they, 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 they didn't manage their bodies. The, the, the clubs didn't manage their players. They just ran them into the ground. They took tackles. It was a very hard sport back in those days. It was full contact all the time. And uh, I think if you played enough football, like Michael Owen, classic example, he just got lumps kicked out of him up and down the pitch. And eventually he just got, he just broke. Um, then you can't play the same game. But whereas in, in today, I mean, look at Ronaldo, right? You know, that guy's 36. <laughs> he can still turn it on. Um, so no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen a single shred of evidence to suggest that he's uh, slowing down in any way, shape or form. And, um, uh, and uh, he continues to have fabulous hair as well. Uh, I want to mention his hair. It's amazing. 
There you <laughs> so go. You're a, you're a short back and sides man, Brian. That's oh, fair enough. That's a top <laughs> short back and sides. It doesn't get much better than that short back and sides. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. Excellent stuff. Well, I'm glad the camera's off as we're recording this, or you, you would definitely <laughs> disapprove of my my long flowing locks. I mean, I'm going for uh you know, uh, what's his name? Tigro from Thundercats. That's the look I'm going for. But I'm, you know, ending up much more Wurzel Gunnage. But there you go. Um, I call it speedboat hair, you know? Speedboat hair. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's the, that's the look I'm going for. Excellent stuff. Um, uh, Lion-O from Thundercats. Excuse me. How dare I? Um, let's move on. The next game, Everton. We've got loads of great fixtures coming up. I don't know if you've seen this, Brian, but, but I think our December looks a little bit kind compared to how other teams uh, have it. I mean, it's not easy. No one is suggesting that it's easy. No one in my mind, none of my multiple personalities, none of them are suggesting that it's going to be easy. But, um, you know, we have Everton, Wolves, uh, Villa, Newcastle, Tottenham and Leeds coming up. That's our next six Premier League fixtures. And I think all of those are clearly winnable. Uh, but the next one, Everton, the Ev. Um, I was looking at the injuries. So I know they've had a, a lot of trouble with injuries recently, but it's quite, you know, good news for them because uh, they're going to have a couple of their players back. Um, Andre Gomez is still going to be out because he's got this calf injury. Who else is going to be out? Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will still be out, according to this site, which is fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Calvert-Lewin will be out until the 12th of December, they reckon, estimated. So he's out for another couple of weeks. Tom Davis is out for them. But players like uh, Ducouré, Allen and Damari Gray will be back. Um, they will be missing mason holgate so again it's another big injury for them but i think he's rubbish mason holgate he's one of those everton players who are just you know has got a lot of potential but will never ever achieve it because they play for everton and because mentally they're they're, they're i don't know they just seem to like think it's fine to you know beat the crap out of players so he's he's currently serving a three three match ban for a red card for violent play and it's like the violence that they never managed to temper and turn it into something positive but anyway um yeah so they're missing quite a few players um you know it's uh Jerry Mean is out with a hamstring injury uh but he might he might be back but probably not i don't know but everton they're, we're recording this before they play uh, Brentford today, so we don't know that result as we as we speak now. But uh, they're not on the best run of form. Um, they will have these major players back, especially Ducouré and Allen, um, who have been really good for them. But they're they're generally a bit rubbish, aren't they, Brian? I mean, we've we've enjoyed laughing at them over the years. Rafa Benitez had a great start, but now it's all going a little bit ev. Um, you know, they they drew nil nil with Tottenham. They <laughs> lost three nil against Manchester City. They lost to Wolves two one. They lost to Watford five two, and they lost to West Ham one nil. Those were the last five Premier League games before this today's game against Brentford. Um, the injuries, you know, players coming back is that something to be concerned about? You know, the way that, of course, they will raise their game. Or is this a chance for the midfield three where all of last season's problems started was that game against Everton to, you know, to go back to Goodison Park this time, put on a show and absolutely thump them? 
Um, I, I love your. They've all. It's all a little bit Ev. <laughs> well, it's a, it's definitely yeah. It's, it's all gone that. Ev. It's, an it's all got a bit Ev. Uh -huh. That's brilliant. Um, you know what? No, I have a completely different feeling about this fixture now, and I think um, uh, Klopp alluded to it as well in his in his uh, post match uh, interview, and when um, somebody was asking him, are they looking to kind of looking forward to the game and to setting things straight and all that? And he, and he was he was kind of almost visibly angry. Um, he's you know he said he doesn't agree with you know the amount of. Um, the energy that gets put into this game um and you can understand why because uh i mean look last season so it's so ev that they that they finally get to beat us when there's nobody watching <laughs> in, in the shittest football season of all time <laughs> the season That's that true. nobody will ever remember um you know uh and like i don't care about last season i don't care anything happened i don't even care who won the title i don't just think it was all nonsense you know i'm just i was just glad that we managed to like pull off an absolute miracle and finish in third it was just crazy but uh get back to the the game i mean no you know what i just want to go there get the get the three points and get the fuck out of there again excuse my language uh i don't want it to be blood and thunder i don't want to spank them i don't want to destroy them i just want to turn up and play them off the park and just uh keep the ball keep the kill the game uh don't don't let the game get like don't let the energy come just just uh just suck the life out of them we just we just need them to um i mean i'm hoping you know rafa's there i love rafa i'll always love rafa i'm a I'm one of the Rafa's never could do any wrong uh, brigade. Um, and uh, I'm just hoping that they won't uh, they won't uh, use their usual shite housery tactics of trying to kill half our team um, like they do every other game. But um, no, you know what? I mean, I I just uh, I don't want to I don't want to see I wouldn't want to see Tiago play in that game um i i just think we need to we need to be very sensible and professional about that game we just go there turn them up. i mean i think brentford are going to destroy them tonight uh or today your time um because that's that's a bad game for them especially considering their their uh, recent run of form so if brenton brentford turns them over then we could be you know the 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 famous uh, Everton loyal crowd <laughs> well, you know I, I'm sure there's going to be some Rafa chance it's going to be top bands we're going to be making them a new band the new banter club um but yeah no I just want to get in and out there with the three points I don't care what the result is I'll take a sloppy one nil with no injuries every time so would you sort of not play Tiago and give him a chance to because he also picked up a big injury in that game you wouldn't I don't think I'd risk him in that game because you know the problem with the Everton game, particularly at their place, is it's a uh, that's their World Cup. You know, that's that's everything for them. That's their entire season. It's it, it means nothing to us now. It's like this is top banter. You know, this is like I'm sure the uh, the Christmas songs will be uh, will be coming out. You know, the Arigi jumpers will be in full for flow. Um, you know, it, the 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 thing we could say about Evans, they they offer no, they're no threat to us whatsoever. Same with Man United. We don't worry about Man United anymore. Um, you know, it means much, much more to them than it means to us. Um, but that's because we beat them every single year. You know, they, there was like they good for them. They managed to get us. Oh, they, they managed to get a result last year. 
But uh, I mean, you consider the, the the cost of that game that we played, where they just you know destroyed you know half of our team. Um, I mean, it was just shocking, absolute shocking. So I think in times like these, uh, calm heads need to prevail. Um, the best way to to to, to enact revenge off them is just to play them off the park. We don't need to. We don't need to kind of uh, humiliate them, and it's like poker. When you play, you play a poker player. If a poker player is really good, he likes to make his uh, victims feel like they just got he just got lucky. You don't want to humiliate them, you know. You don't want to say you want them to come back and play you poker again. Um, and with uh, Everton, it's like uh, the Arsenal uh, Liverpool game when uh, Arteta got up in Klopp's face and just ignited the crowd and ignited our team. We don't want to do any of that. We want to just lull them to sleep. And keep the ball, uh, keep the keep the ball away from them, so they can't even get a tackle near us, and uh, just uh, yeah, but, professional getting get out. Yeah, but th- that's what exactly why I would play Tiago because I think he's the best at setting the tempo of the game, and I think he's you know he he can he can avoid challenges. It was just you know Richarlison being an absolute thug. Uh, that 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 you know kicked him kicked him right you know destroyed the ligaments or something it wasn't ligaments but he, he he had a serious knee injury after that game even though he managed to finish it um but yeah it, i think i i think you're right in many respects we do need to kill the crowd we need to kill suck all hope out of them but i think i'm not expecting us to to destroy them in terms of the scoreline but i think regardless of the scoreline they're going to want to kick us. I mean, speaking after the, the Southampton game, Jürgen Klopp says, said, uh, you know, I very often, I really very often don't like the intensity of Everton versus Liverpool. It's too much for me. I like physical football. I have no problem with that. We play that. Other teams play that. But in that game, very often people put too much in. And this kind of physical thing, they do it if they're 1-0 up. They do it if they were... 4-0 down, or if they do it if it was just, you know, 1-1. I think it doesn't matter. It's up to them to become, to control their inferiority complex, but they but they so often don't. Um, but anyway, let's let's see if we can agree on a, on a starting lineup, because obviously Alisson in goal. Um, Virgil, who's just magnificent, he's back to his very best. Big Virg, I think he's absolutely wonderful. Big Virg in defense, obviously. Trent, obviously. Who are you going at centre back and left back, Brian? Um, I would go with um, I would go with Robbo at left back, and at centre back, I would go with um, Matip. I totally agree. Okay, midfield three. You wouldn't go with Tiago, but I would go with the same one, Tiago Fabinho Henderson. Who would uh, you go on? Sorry, I was I, I, no, you know, you, yeah, you, you look, I'm just being extra cautious and actually I you know, it, it doesn't make sense. In reality, that's not what happens. You don't you don't wrap Tiago up for this game. You play him. You're right. You're completely right because actually he is the player you need in this game. Um and uh yeah, I would go. Barring no injuries, I would go with the same. I would go with the same three again, and okay. uh, I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, because I think, but I'd take them off. Like if we, like we did against Southampton. I, I think if if we are, I think we if we get the what I would love, what I would absolutely love is if we could just get the job done the first half, the first thirty minutes, just just get them. I think two goals, then hold the ball and just be very professional. 
don't 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 uh, overdo it um and bring him off around 60 minutes bring on um uh yeah ox um or bring on bring on morton uh yeah if we're four nil up after 60 minutes like we were just, yesterday just yeah, to rub not. it in right bring on an 18 year old and start singing rafa rafa <laughs> 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 you know um <laughs> Yeah, good idea. Okay. That uh, Morton's a bloody good player, man. He looks after the ball. I've been very impressed with him. Me too. Me too. An old head on young shoulders. He once he fills out, which he will do in the next couple of years with a Mona's super diet and all of those uh, and Andreas Kornmeyer's physical drills. I'm sure he's going to fill out and turn into a, a really marvelous uh, squad player. I think. Um, maybe more, maybe more, maybe a first teamer eventually. But uh, no, yeah, he's very, very exciting. Um, yeah, okay, so we're agreed then. Okay, midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago, and then up front, there's only one choice as well because Bobby's still going to be out. So the the usual front three, we're agreed. There you go. All is rosy in Liverpool fanland, at least here on Carpon Podcast. Um, thank you, Brian. Thank you for joining me. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the game kicks off really in the middle of the night, doesn't it, for you in uh, on Wednesday night? So that's what, 5 a.m. or something? Are you going to be up for it or are you going to yeah. just watch it the next day? No, yeah, I, I you know, before the whole kind of uh, delayed, uh, delayed live uh, streams were around, I used to watch every single game live, no matter what. But uh, thank God <laughs> for, for delayed live. So I'll just watch <laughs> it the next day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um but i'm looking forward to it i'm absolutely looking forward to it it's a it's a big game right it's 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 it it, it it's a, they tend to be kind of horrible games most of the time i don't know if that's an accurate memory of them i always you know you always look forward to these games but then they just there's such a horrible bunch of arseholes to play against um but i just i say i like i hope we get the three points and i hope we get out of there without any hatchet marks on the back of our legs before we yeah, absolutely you know. and i should refrain from uh sending you the pictures of Mo Salah with the match ball uh, until I know that you've seen it because uh, I reckon, you know, he can do very well. Um, just looking at the, the Premier League, let's see who they've gone with just before we finish, you know, for their, their lineup against Brentford because um, I'll be curious about that. Yeah, so Seamus Coleman still gets in their team. Godfrey, Michael Keane, Luca Dean um, against our attack, man. They, okay, they're, they're protected well by Alan. He's a really good player, Alan Abdukure. They've, they've also got Anthony Gordon, Alex Iwobi, and Townsend, and Rondon, and, of course, Pickford in goal. So it's on paper, we're going to absolutely hammer them, but that's not how these games work usually. You know, when we when we play away at Goodison Park, um, our recent results, if I can jump to those, or 2-2, of course, we've spoken about. And before that, three nil-nils in a row. So you're absolutely right, Brian. It's often quite a turgid affair. And before that, we won one nil back in 2016. Before that, it was 1-1 in 2015 on the 4th of October. And then on the 7th of February 2015, it was also another nil-nil. So don't put your house on, uh, you know... Uh, on on it but uh, the chances of Liverpool scoring two goals or more I don't know if you look at history it's not very likely but I just got a feeling that no one can stop I reckon we'll get uh, three goals and I'm predicting uh, 3-1 to Liverpool what's your prediction Brian? I'm predicting scrappy 1-0 
Scrappy 1-0. I'll take it all day, every day. Thank you so much, Brian. Good luck. Enjoy your week. And uh, we'll speak again soon, I hope. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Pleasure. Up the Reds. Up the Reds.